Welcome to part two of the winter sports season finale of this week in Princeton Vikings athletics here on vikenation.org and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. My name is Jason Griefer. Once again, we're back with Princeton AD Joe Robertson. Joe, we cleaned up a little bit of most of the winter sports season, but still more to talk about uh, here today. Let's get right into it and let's start first with your academic quiz team. Winding down the regular season, their finale scheduled for a little bit later this week. Uh, against Oak Hill. It's been a tough season for AQT, uh, no doubt, and a very, very difficult GMC. We know how top-heavy the league has been, not only in years past, but especially uh, this year. So with that being said, have you had any kind of thoughts about how you're going to evaluate the program in the offseason and the, the the talks you're going to have with the coaching staff about what's next for the program? Yeah, you know, Jason, it has been an up-and-down uh, year for for our AQT kids, and, and a lot of it's about that quick recall, as we've talked about before. And uh, they have a makeup match this evening with Middletown. They'll head up there tonight. And then, as you said, we'll close out the regular season this Wednesday with Oak Hills. And then we'll head over to Fairfield Saturday for the, uh, the GMC comp- the championship. So um, a lot of what Coach Mulholland and I will probably talk about, uh, it'll probably be him leading the discussion and more of how do we engage the kids uh, in the offseason to keep them working on that repetition of quick recall, that repetition of the non-academic um, world that they also already live in. But how do you answer some of those questions? You know, um, how are you prepared to know who the star was in Harry Potter or something to that effect? Because that's part of what goes on in, in that session. And so it's not only about what your core content is, but it is also what you learn outside. And I probably, I don't have the data and certainly would love to probably look at this study, but I'd say 90% of it is what are you reading and encouraging the kids to continue to read in the off season and doing more reading and, and challenging them with some different topics and different avenues to read, not just what they're interested in, but what they also may find interest in and try to keep them going that way. Speaking of kind of up and down seasons, if you will, let's talk about your wrestling team. And, and really what I mean by up and down for the wrestling team, it's just been the ability to compete whether you know it's protocols shutting things down or and and just the the smaller numbers because of that factoring in as well and we look at how things wound down in the regular season we move into sectionals and you know you talked last week about having a smaller group being able to go into the sectionals uh, because of protocols but we do get one through into the districts michael Micah Cottrell gets through to the districts uh, at 126 pretty good achievement there to get through given all that this wrestling team has gone through the season is it not yeah absolutely it's the other way around marquise gamble wrestled 126 micah okay. 120 uh micah the freshman he had he sustained an injury in his second match at sectionals mm. and uh, could not advance but but all in all let's go back to what you just said so we've talked all winter long about the toils and and, and struggles that our wrestling program has had to go through and i've, I've toned them the magnificent seven because we had seven kids Coach Powell uh, honed in on two. Um, Some would say that's bad. Some would say that's a really good thing. I'm leaning more that that's a good thing, that what he did was is he knew that the five, the other five student athletes, they have not had enough time on the mat this year to put themselves in a situation where they would go to sectionals and just face some really top competition because of where they would be in the seats. Mm -hmm. And, we didn't want to do that to those student athletes. We're trying to build the confidence in them all season long. It's about everything we've done is about getting them time on the mat, 
seeing other teams, seeing other competition, getting them the exposure they need. But we honed in on on Micah and and um, Marquise this this for this postseason because they were the most seasoned uh, at those two weight classes. They had yep. a chance, and and Coach knew that they he thought. I have two individuals right here that I think if we seed them correctly and we get them in the right situation, we're going to get them to district and um, hats off to what he's trying to do because he's just taken a very difficult situation in pure form of numbers and has made something work. And I think uh, our season was successful because we were able to put our student athletes on the mat and compete given all the adversity, all the protocols, everything, all of us have had to deal with every school in the state with COVID but to be able to take two to sectionals and get one through, and we really thought we would have gotten both through and probably would have gotten um, Micah through had he not gotten injured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a shoulda, coulda, woulda, but we had a chance there with both of those young men to get them in the districts. But now we've got one, and we've got one that's a junior, and Mike and Micah was a freshman. So our future's bright in Viking wrestling. We just got to get those numbers back. How is Marquise feeling about his chances in the districts? So when they came back on Saturday, you know, I went into the wrestling room. We had just finished uh, the second district tournament game of the day. And I went in the wrestling room and, and just congratulated him. And he is a, um, he's a stone. He really, truly is like, there's very little expression on the young man's face. There's very little either excitement or depression or depressiveness, you know, if you will, he just is like, Right there, Stone. Yep, on to the next. So he, I think he um, is probably inside very, very excited about what he's doing. But now he realizes now it really gets tough because essentially he's two matches away from a state qualifier. And the first match, let's just say, you, you know, it's a coin toss, but that second match, I mean, that's when the, the, the nerves really set in. It's like, oh my gosh, can I do this or can I not? So, yeah. Um, He'll have a tough week this week just prepping. Uh, Coach Powell spars with him quite a bit and uh, likes to go back to his glory days of when he was a state qualifier here for Princeton. And sometimes I worry about him, you know, because of that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he handles it very well. But what what our coaches do for our wrestlers, they are so technique driven. They spend a lot of time. uh, I was watching them spar this past week, and when they were going at it on the mat, they would get into a certain position and then they would just stop and hold that position. And then they would move each other's hands to say, okay, if you're in this technique, put your hand here or swing your leg here. And it is, so they're very technique driven. And when you tie that into along with natural athleticism, strength and speed, you know, that, that builds a better program for our kids. Uh, certainly, we want to pass along our best to Marquise as he goes into the districts. And who knows? Hopefully, when we reconvene for the spring sports season, we'll talk, we'll recap, and hopefully, he's a state qualifier and we can talk about that uh, when the spring sports season starts here on the podcast. Let's move on and let's move. Let's talk about Cody Carlson. He got through the sectionals uh, on the bowling lanes, gets to the districts, and what sets everybody on fire with game number one of his three game series nearly going perfect. He rolls a 297 in game one to take the lead in the districts after game one and then struggles from there. He goes 158 game two, 142 in game three. So he winds up finishing in the fifties rankings there and not able to move on to the uh, state tournament, obviously about as good as you could do in game one. But uh, I'd have to think he's a little disappointed with how he followed that up in game two and game three to not move on to state. 
you know, without speaking to him, and I haven't had a chance to yet, I, you're three pins away from a perfect game in yeah. your very first match of the morning, and you miss it by three pins, and probably there's some mental that goes into that. And, you you know, I, I would never have said that Cody probably lays a lot of emotion out there because he doesn't. But I have a feeling that that probably played a role into what happened. It transpired in the next two series for him. He kept leaning back on, I'm three pins away from a perfect game. What would that could have done? You know, um, doesn't take anything away from the career the young man has had in fighting no. bowling for us. And just so, so proud of, of our, all of our bowlers, but in particular, the way he's represented Princeton, um, for the last four years. It's, it's been really neat to watch the last two seasons and watch him, uh, as I've said before, not only at the golf course, but also uh, in the bowling alley. And I, he's got a bright future bowling in front of him, however he decides to take that. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where sometimes, yeah. you know, you just can't don't have a complete day. And any student athlete in any discipline has had that before. It just unfortunately came yeah. at a bad time for him. But as you said, still a fantastic career. And, uh, three, three pins away from a perf from a 300 is kind of like uh knocking a well in, in probably your and i's world a, a six iron or a five iron 150 <laughs> yards and yeah. knocking it within three inches of a hole in one you know it's just one of those mm -hmm. things it's like uh, so close so close yep. but yet you know just didn't seal the deal so yeah that that's a good analogy or, or a pitcher being a strike yeah, away from a strike from a perfect game, perfect game and yeah. and uh it gets broken up with a, a seeing eye single into center yeah. field so and nevertheless like you said doesn't take away from yeah. the wonderful career he had and i know we had a chance to cover him a, a, a few weeks back in a match there very talented young man and uh as you said bright future wherever he goes and whatever he chooses to do in his in the next phase of his life. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the hardwood, and let's talk about basketball. And we'll talk about the boys first here in a second and, and their journey in the sectionals. But I also want to give a shout-out to the uh, Princeton Lil Vikes. Uh, saw, a, saw a note get passed out on social media for the little guys there. The third-grade team, the Princeton Little Vikes, hit a shot at the buzzer to win their final game of their season. They go 19-1-1. and to uh, finish their season, uh, are we are we already scouting this group to see what they could be at Princeton High School? We are. We're laying the foundation <laughs> for the future in front of us. I don't. I'm trying to think now what class that is. The class of 2030, maybe. I don't oh. know third graders. But um, it, you know, what what Coach Wyant did when he came here, he he started this little Vike program or or brought it back in in yeah. terms of that we focused on our elementary kids that are at Princeton. And get, you know, giving them a, an avenue. Now we started it, and we said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna semi have cuts, if you will, or or build a foundation." And part of that had to do we just didn't have enough coaches to coach. We probably could have had 15 third grade teams running around <laughs> playing games. We don't have enough coaches to do that. And and he's very deliberate. He he has his seven through twelve staff, yeah, working with those kids fundamentals, games, dribble tag, what have you, but they all want to play. So yeah, hats off to what they did in the third grade. You know, I wish we had film of that shot, you know, cause we could carry it on. And uh, when the young man gets into high school, we'll go back to that, that memory and, and see how that plays out. But um, yeah, it's been a great year for them. Been a great year for, for our boys basketball program, despite all of the hurdles that we had to go through. 
Yeah, nineteen and one and one. That, that's pretty cool to, to see to see the youngsters do it. As How do you, you said, end in a tie? How do you end a basketball game in a tie? I, you know, now I, that I you say that, Jason, I'm going to bring that up with him. How do we end a basketball game? Could we add a free throw contest or something? You know? Yeah, run run a layup line. I I don't know. Play <laughs> knockout, something to that effect. Yeah, the, the one tie. That, that's kind of a kind of a bizarre one here. I mean, they, even in hockey anymore, they go to a shootout. They don't yeah, end in the, in the tie anymore. So. Something. We'll, we'll we'll check on that. You get back to us on that and uh, see, well, see if you I'll, can. Uh, I'll bring that back to you in the spring. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's talk about your high school boys program. And uh, you know, they go into the sectional after a, a long layoff. They had to shut down the last two weeks of the regular season because of protocols. And you get Hamilton in the opening round. And, and Hamilton certainly had their ups and downs, to say the least, out there. News has been out there about uh, the challenges Hamilton's endured as a season uh, has gone along. But Hamilton gets the better of your team in the sectional. And so the Vikes season ends, I think, earlier than they would have liked. Uh, was Do you feel layoff might have been a factor in that one, or did you just, did you just catch Hamilton on a bad night? Combination of both. Um, hmm. I, I look back and I say we played 12 right and, – and, again, nothing – again. I mean, Hamilton has a, a really, really good basketball team. I, they, they do. Yeah. Um, and they faced a very, very tough elder uh, Friday night. But um, – <clears throat> when you, when you play 12, you know, when your schedule set up for 22 games in a regular season and, and people can criticize and critique that from what you want. Some people say that's too many to try to get in in a high school regular season. Some say it may not be enough. I, you know, I'm a, a big supporter of 22 games. Um, we never were able to get in sync in terms of we had a really good start and then we would get some momentum going for our kids and a rhythm going for our kids. And then all of a sudden there's a stop. And then we would come back and we had a really good momentum going for our kids. And then there's another stop. And then we had another semi momentum going for our kids and we end on a very tough loss to Lakota East, but we're getting ready. And then all of a sudden there's another stop. So, um, you know, it's, it's really tough to try to measure, um, what they could have done had they had some consistent momentum. You know, some people would say, oh, they would have been tired or, you know, it's just battle tested. I, I believe more of it's they're, they're just out there playing and it just gets them, keeps them going in, in their in their rotation and how they feel comfortable about themselves. So um, you, you add that and then you add how tough it is in the GMC. You know, uh, some can tell you that the GMC may have been down this year. Um, I would contest that, that the GMC is probably never up at what some uh, what some conferences would think because we're just beating each other up night in and night out. Yeah. So um, you know we probably all could have gone into the same situation in that in that in that four set that that man alive it's just a it's a battle night in and night out for you know not only to try to see where we are in a conference but then you turn around and and we all see one another again in postseason play you know so now we're also battling for position. Uh, in the tournament. And, and so, so it's just a kind of a double-edged sword, but that's what makes the beauty of the GMC. That's why we are what we are is in terms of a conference strength. So, um, you know, I think it was just a little bit of both. Like I said, I got there about halftime of the game because we were hosting that night as well. And yeah. um, so I got there about halftime and, and our kids, they, they were, they were in it, but uh, they weren't letting down. It's just, we just had a few, go the wrong way. And then all of a sudden you start rushing at the end of the game and trying to shoot threes because you know, that's, what's going to keep you in it. And you make one and, and you have some great momentum going and, and you think Greg's going to get on a little bit of a roll there. And Bowen came out the first half and he was on fire. And then he comes back out the second half and he just couldn't, he couldn't find the rim. 
And so it just kind of changes that momentum going for you. And then the whistle blows and the next thing you know, you, you are where you are. But I mean, for, for what we had to go through, you know, again, um, this season in terms of the protocols and, and the stops and the starts and, and whether, you know, whether it came from a close contact or it came from a positive case or, or whatever the, the event was, uh, our coaches and our student athletes, they were resilient all year. And um, fire is inside of them. And our seniors laid the foundation for that fire to be inside of them. And um, I know they're going to walk away like, man, we didn't get a full season or we didn't get to have an opportunity to do this. But they walk, they're going to walk away knowing that they gave it, laid it all out there on the court night in and night out. And they've laid the groundwork for what, what the future holds for us. And obviously a lot of, a lot of pieces coming back. You know, Bowen Hardman scheduled to be back next season. We already know his future. He's committed to Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, at this point, but we also saw recently uh, it be announced on social media that you have another one heading to the college level. Jesse Alverson uh, yeah. committed to Wilberforce University, so that's a pretty cool honor. He's able mm-hmm. to go and uh, play at the next level here. Talk to us about Jesse and how you've seen him develop over the years and uh, what Wilberforce is getting in a player in Jesse Alverson. Well, I, you know, last year he was so uh, quiet, and, you know, and it was just a different season last year, but then he comes out this year and he's he's kind of tested a little bit in terms of his attitude. Um, I coach Wyatt, you know, and I think coach Wyatt brought a little bit of, of some would say nastiness out of him because of the way he, uh, he put him in that position defensively. And um, he is, uh, he's strong. He can attack the basket. He can rebound the basketball. Um, but I love his attitude that he puts out there on the court, his brashness, if you will, because he realizes that you got to come out with a little bit of flair and excitement, uh, and that gets your, your teammates motivated. And so, you know, uh, Wilberforce is going gonna, is gonna to get somebody who's going to come with some passion. Um, I think his mid-range game is probably where they're going to focus on him for, for working on and trying to improve that mid-range game. Obviously, the college game and the high school game are – are evolving constantly and everybody's going to want to move out to that three and, and further and shoot the ball further. And so I think over some time, I think that's going to happen. Coach Mitchell will really probably spend a lot of time on that, make him a two, three guy. Um, But, you know, as he gets stronger, physically stronger, I don't know if he'll grow taller, but as he gets physically stronger, um, he's going to be a force to, to reckon with because he is not afraid to dive on that floor and jump in there and get after a ball. Uh, he was one of the more enjoyable players I found to yeah. watch in, in our coverage uh, of the basketball team. Cause as you said, he, he is, he's got that bulldog mentality. He's going to go get the basketball odds are if he's going after it with somebody else, his strength can move people. And you, you can only imagine what's going to happen when he gets into that collegiate weight room, Yeah, how much stronger he can get. And I think he could be a very big factor, as you said, rebounding the basketball as well, even from the guard spot or a wing spot. I think he's a guy who could easily average seven, eight yeah. rebounds a game at the college I, level. Yeah, I agree, Jason. I, I think he's got a really good future in front of it. Yeah. I really do. And that shooting stroke is coming too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. more work in the gym. That's a solid stroke, solid foundation for that shooting stroke. Well, and, and so, I think Coach Mitchell has a pretty good resource in a, in a young lady named Kelsey that maybe she can spend some time. I don't know what he's <laughs> allowed to do to bring her around, but maybe Kelsey will help with that too. So There you go. And we'll be keeping an eye on Jesse as he takes that next step to Wilberforce in the years to come. Let's move over to the girls' side and talk about the girls' basketball team. And we talked last week kind of about the struggles late in the season to kind of just find some offense. And then we get into the postseason – 
start to turn it around, get, get some good matchups in, in the sectional round, and you're able to get all the way through into the district final. You're all set to take on the number one seed, Huber Heights Wayne, a chance to go on to the regional. And all of a sudden we find out the season comes to an end because the team has to go into quarantine. Uh, I'd, ha- I'd have to imagine this was a, a pretty bitter pill to swallow for the players and for Coach Phillips. Uh, what was the reaction from both Coach Phillips and the team when they found out the season was over? Well, you know, um, Coach Phillips got the call earlier in the afternoon on Friday, and she immediately called and came down, and she's like, this is where we are, and, and there's no way we can we can go. We, we're, we've got a quarantine. And, you know, we, we follow the, the guidelines of Hamilton County and, and the health department stuff forth there. And um, the, the, the term is what it is, is really getting to be, bad term to use anymore but sure um, when when you go 10 and 5 in, in our league and 15 and 7 overall and you're playing yourself in for a district championship you know coach coach kind of said you know I it, had we tried to gut it out and play I, I couldn't I couldn't have you know slept that night and 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 I have to feel like I, I what we're doing is right and I said not only what you're doing is right it's it's what we have to do and so um, I just, you know, I went back, uh, this morning, I looked over and I saw, you know, uh, we lost earlier in the year to Mount Notre Dame district champion. We lost earlier in the year to Centerville district champion. Mm-hmm. We lost earlier in the year to Mason twice district champion. So you take our combination, um, of where we are all in all. And, and, you know, some can say, yeah, strength of schedule, if you will, um, Hats off to our girls. Hats off to Coach Phillips. Hats off to our, all of our team uh, for how well they played this year, uh, for all of the, uh, again, all the adversity that they had to go through, um, you know, district runner-ups. And um, it just, you know, it kind of is what it is right now. And so the, the point is, is we've got to make sure our student-athletes stay healthy. Yeah. And, you know, they've got 20 – eight days now before they can get back at it again. I think it is, you know, 30 days after your last game. So 28, 27 days from now, they'll get back out on the court, open gyms, weightlifting, and start doing some things that they need to do to get ready for next year. And I believe that, that it, once again, uh, we are going to be a solid basketball team uh, next year where we have to improve is, and again, much like wrestling, we've got to get our numbers up. Mm-hmm. We've got to make sure we have a solid foundation at that JV level. If we can get enough freshmen to come out, have a freshman program, but we've got to get that back going again, where there's enough support to help those starters uh, carry us through an entire season because, you know, we need to be playing 22 next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you, you got some talented pieces coming back for sure. We've talked, we talked last week, you're, you're going to lose Madison Rochelle. So that's a pretty big piece Ted Phil, a couple other seniors in there uh, are going to be moving on. I want to go back to something you touched on there uh, just a moment ago. You, you, in your conversation with Coach Phillips when she got the word and she said, you know, I, I could have potentially played this game, but I would have felt sick to my stomach yeah. afterwards and I would not have slept well. What does that say about her integrity that, yes, yeah, she wants to win the game, she wants to win a district title, but she's putting the health and safety of the kids first? Well, that, that just goes to show you the type of individual she is. She's a first-class coach. She's a first-class individual. She's a teacher. Uh, her integrity above all, the health and safety of the kids above all. It is just a game. Yes, we want to play that game. Yes, we want to win the game. Uh, 
but there are bigger things in this world that are more important. Uh, and, and all in all, at the end of the day, we're going to look back and we're going to say, you know, that team did it the right way and that team competed the right way. And that team, uh, all of our student athletes, every school, I think that we're going to look at across the board are going to say the same things. You know, they're, they're going to learn from this experience that we've had and build upon it moving forward. So I'm just super proud of how coach Phillips interacts with our kids and super proud of how our team handled it. And they were, they were really down. They, they were, I I had uh, players call me and Mr. Roberts, if we go get rapid tested right now, can we still play? Can we do these things? And it's, you know, and it's, and you try to, and I I told a couple of them, I said, girls, I'm not even going to try to give you a sense of hope because it's just not, what the protocols say, and, and and we have to adhere to what the protocols say and what the guidance of Hamilton County Health Department says. So, um, you know, we just have to have to learn with that. It's a tough pill sometimes. Did that make it tougher for you personally, being the athletic director, having to tell the girls directly there there's no chance this happens? Well, it, it you know, and the coach handled that um, with, with the team extremely well. And it does, you know, I, I just, I remember, I just put my head down and just was like, you, you've got to be kidding me because yeah. um, everyone uses the freight. We just got to get to 48. So you play a game and you got to get to 48 hours after the game. And then, you know, you've survived and you can play another game, right? Uh, yeah. That's how we've done it this year uh, in this case. So we were 24 hours away from being able to go and, and it just happens. And, you know, it's okay. You know, we'll be okay. We'll be able to play again next year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, a credit again, credit to Coach Phillips for handling that about as well as you could. And it's a difficult situation, you know, feeling feeling good about your chances in the district final. But again, doing the right thing for the kids' safety, I think that's that again takes the utmost importance. A credit to her for realizing Absolutely. that. Uh, let's let's move on here. And uh, a bit of other news came out in the way of Princeton athletics uh, since we last spoke. Uh, you're in a, you're in a search for a new head football coach. Uh, Mike Daniels ha- has. Uh, resigned as head coach at Princeton High School. He's accepted a job as the on-campus recruiting coordinator at Army, so he will be helping out their football program now for head coach Jeff Munkin. Uh, with In regards to Coach Daniels, obviously we all know his impact on the Cincinnati area and at Princeton High School for a long, long time. Uh, as, he, with, as he became the head coach and over the years he has been the head coach, and now that he's leaving, uh, what has been his impact on the Princeton football program, first of all? Well, he's a Viking through and through, you know, as an alum of this school, uh, his impact he brought back, he instilled a lot of priority to the kids of how important it is to be a Viking and what it means to wear the horns on the helmet and represent Princeton uh, night in and night out. And, you know, he's going to take that with him. He'll always be a Viking. He, um, he, he wanted to be a college football coach. That's a desire. It's a passion for him. Mm-hmm. And this is a pathway for him to get to that. And one of the things we were talking about last week uh, before we informed the kids, uh, he, he started really pondering this opportunity to go to West Point. And then I had, to, you know, he had to say it again, I'm going to West Point. Yeah. And the, the caliber of, of student athlete that he's going to be coaching around and dealing with on a daily basis, those are future generals of Army and future U.S. senators or congressmen or, or, you know, Supreme Court justices. And, you know, that, so he's, he's going to be experiencing something that is going to be so unique and so special for, for him 
Yeah. Um, this this opportunity is really hard not to say go go chase your dream. Yeah. And capture that. And you know, so we're we're real excited for him. Um, I've said it to him before, and you know, sad to see you go, but happy that you are because this is a a, a focus you know, to, to go on to the next level and then potentially beyond. And, you know, his opportunities are endless. And so uh, we wish him absolutely the best and, and know that he'll always care for the Vikings. He told the players that when he told them goodbye, that uh, he's always going to be available for them to help them in any way he can. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's sincere and that that's, that's, uh, that's good. In your conversation with him when he told you he had accepted this position and he was going to be leaving Princeton, did you get any sense of how tough it was for him to either make that decision to move on or come to you and, and also come to you and say, I've got to, I can't turn this down? Yeah, he, you know, he toyed with it for a minute. I mean, he did. And then he, I think he, he realized um, where he had an opportunity to go, what yeah. he was going to have the opportunity to do. Yeah but where that could lead uh, in long, we're talking in long term and no, you know, you can't ever predict what happens next, the future, but, but you know that if you open a, the door opens for you, you have two options. You either go through it or you close it. And he's choosing to walk through that door because he realizes another door is going to open down the road and um, you need to chase those dreams and you need to pursue that um, because there's a belief that people have in one another and that belief is real and I think they you know obviously the staff at at West Point recognize what coach Daniels can offer and can provide for their program to make them better and so he's going there because he wants to make himself better as well so it's going to be a great educational opportunity for him uh, and it's going to be a great experience to be able to be a part of that staff to be able to go and play the schedule that they play and be a part of that um both on and off the football field. I think that's going to be really exciting to watch. So now you have a very good opportunity here for someone out there to fill this position. Coach Daniels has left this position program in very good shape as he moves on to a West Point here. Where are you at in terms of the search for his replacement and what kind of criteria are you looking for in your next head football coach? Yeah, so when we knew this was coming, and of course we, you know, we've kind of had a, a in a mindset for a while because we know college, uh, the college coaching attraction was there in front of Coach Daniels. Um, yeah. We the job the positions posted. Uh, we've been screening applications uh, all through the weekend, all since it's, since the job's been posted, and as they've come in, um, from from our standpoint, our principal, Mr. Ron Ballmer, and I, we have a very firm belief that we are looking for someone with head coaching experience of at least five years mm-hmm. or more, and has shown and demonstrated the ability to lead teams successfully in the postseason, because that's what we believe our kids deserve. We believe our kids deserve to have the absolute best that we can provide. That doesn't take anything away from anyone that has not been a head coach yet. But in my conversations with with him and, and our other administrators, if we don't seek someone that has that pedigree first, you know, what are yeah. we saying that we're, we just don't want to settle? And um, so we're, we've spent a lot of time trying to identify that and look for that type of opportunity. And if it presents itself, then we're going to pursue it. If it doesn't, we know that we have a strong pool of candidates that continue to apply for the position that we'll go toward and, and see what happens next. 
Obviously, I won't ask you to, uh, to, 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 to divulge any of the names that are showing interest uh, in the job, but I'm curious to know, with the position, are you getting solely local candidates? Are you getting regional candidates? Are you getting candidates from states away? Uh, how broad is the geography of the, of the showing interest in the job? The job is extremely uh, marketed. Um, we have received out-of-state head coaches from very large uh, suburban schools to uh, small rural schools that have de developed uh, strong traditional programs. Um, so it is, it is a, and it only took the, the, the announcement of Coach Daniels leaving and somebody heard the name Princeton High School, Cincinnati, Ohio, and then, it, you know, it attracts itself. And um, yeah. when you talk about, and again, what makes this job great outside of the fact that it is Princeton and the community and the student athletes that we have here uh, that make this place so special, you look at our conference, you look at our facilities, you look at where we sit in the city right off the highway, you know, um, easy to easy in and out access for someone to come in and be able to, you know, establish roots and establish a foundation and, and a family here. Um, there are just so many things that are so attractive. And then the rich history and tradition that has been laid, uh, the foundation prior to uh, us and will be here after we're all long gone. So there's just opportunity upon opportunity to make this an incredible place to come. Uh, Mr. Balmer and I are, are very firm believers that we need some consistency in our program. Uh, so we are looking for someone who doesn't want to use this as the uh, springboard, if you will, or yeah. the swan song, if you will. We want someone that, that's going to be here and build something for a while. Lastly, before I move on from this topic, do you have any kind of timeline as when you'd like to fill this position by? I did. I, we do. And, and um, if we, we believe we can get there. Uh, we told the student athletes and the, uh, the coaching staff that's, that's with us that we have a goal of um, making a recommendation at the March board meeting. That is, that is our goal, um, which I believe is Monday, March the 8th, I think, or 9th, somewhere in that time frame. So that is our goal. Uh, this office has been very, very busy. Uh, Timet Duckworth and uh, Latoya Luther, Matt Weber have done a great job of kind of handling the, the internal uh, what we need to do processes to kind of kind of make sure we have things ready to go. And once we identify those candidates that we need to talk to, we're going to do so and go as fast as we can. And hopefully in the spring sports season, to kick off the spring sports season, we can talk a little bit about your new yes. head football coach. Uh, lastly here, as we're winding on the regular season, it's obviously been a very busy time for your athletics programs, uh, try, trying to get seasons in, and we're pretty much got there by the most part. You know, so obviously, as we talked here on the show today, uh, quarantine has been a factor for everybody and not just at Princeton High School, but for everybody, you know, ac across the world, uh, to say the least. But it it's been extra busy for for you and your staff at Princeton because you've hosted a lot of events thus far in the postseason on top of your student athletes going you know, we, we swimming sectionals, you know, basketball uh, districts there. You've got the basketball regionals. Uh, coming up here. And, and I bring that up because we saw a nice note be put out on social media uh, showing appreciation to your staff and those folks that were coming in to the facilities and the campus day in and day out to make sure that these events are run smoothly and pulled off without a, without a hesitation and without instant, without an incident uh, for these student athletes. Just talk to us a little bit about that and the, uh, the staff that you have that's been able to do that for you. Well, they, you know, I, 
I brag about it. And when I was at Lexington, we we hosted a ton of of, of tournaments. Um, we prided ourselves there. And when I came to Princeton, we pride ourselves here. And, and our our tournament team, our our they also are our regular season staff. They've just done an amazing job. Uh, Matt and Tomet and Latoya have just taken on the tournaments and they realize the importance it is that when those doors open, that it's a reflection of what uh, we represent as a school and, and as a community, not just our department. And so uh, we have an unbelievable security services group that, that greets every single one that comes in, make sure they know where they need to go, make sure the protocols are being followed. Uh, uh, our ticket staff that handles the scanning of the tickets and, and checking in the media and checking in the teams, they've done an amazing job uh, not getting, you know, cause it's frustrating. It, it is if your scanner doesn't work or if the yeah. ticket doesn't come up and, and we all understand that, you know, we get that, and then, but they, they handle it with such poise and, and just, Hey, it's going to be okay. We'll get you in no problem. Um, and then down at the table, everybody that's working down there, has just been so wonderful. And they're, you know, they're top notch. Like they want to make sure everything is right and, and make sure the officials know and they're, and that the coaches, when they get there, they have, lines of communication and then our media the media coverage has been incredible and, and you know it's hard in today's era we had a we had a group come and, and broadcast Saturday and uh, my favorite line the ethernet cable wouldn't work for a second you know and it's like you know I just kind of had that blank look of I, yeah I don't know it's a world I'm not in but you know let's let's plug this in instead and you know and it works so um, you know and you, you battle those things but but we absolutely love hosting tournaments. We love having people in our concession stand. We love having people involved and here and our doors open and our parking lot full of cars because that's what that that's what showcases what uh, great work that was built here. And so um, we have two more to go. We've got the girls regional this week and then the boys regional next week, both at Division One. And uh, we're really looking forward to that. On top of the start of the spring season. Uh, we'll have a water polo invite this weekend while we have regional basketball. And then we also host a division two district boys game later in the afternoon on Saturday as well. So, you know, uh, our crew's up for the challenge and they're, they're up, they're ready to go and they're excited. And, you know, there'll be a big letdown for them. Um, Armin Reed, who has covered our book for us uh, all year long, uh, you know, this winter, and she did a lot for us this fall. She's like, what am I going to do this spring? And I'm like, don't worry, Carmen, we're going to find something for you, you know? So, uh, she, you know, cause it, you, you literally, you can get there, there are individuals that, you know, when you start doing this, this career and you start getting into this, this, uh, world of high school athletics, if you will, um, yeah. you can't do it alone and you can't do it without people who want to be around it. And so, when you, when you have individuals like that or Al Chain who, who oversights our transportation department then comes down and announces for us or, or a Joe Duckworth who comes in and runs the clock and, and, and right on down the line, you know, it's like you, you got to keep the, that group because, you know, um, my dad used to always phrase it. You got the perimeter people who are the tickets and then you got the internal people who are the, the score table when we hosted uh, tournaments at Lexington. So, you know, you got to keep those people together because, they're, they're over the top two valuable. You can't have a letdown at any point in any of those, those ways. So we're really excited and we're very thankful that the uh, Southwest District Athletic Board and the OHSAA uh, give us opportunities to host these and use our venues as a host site because that's what we enjoy doing. Well, I can say anytime uh, I've had, I've been at Princeton to cover an event, you know, basketball, volleyball, whatever the case may be, uh, the staff has always been a very welcoming 
to some to to my to myself coming in very welcoming to our esp media crew and uh it's been a blast for us to go there knowing that we're going to get treated so well and we have been through all of the winter season and we'll look forward to to some of that in the spring season as well you touched on it the spring already starting to get underway are you feeling that excitement from the spring sports season athletes as they're getting revved up for their seasons yeah, and you know, you look outside, and of course, we, I, you know, I think I touched on a couple weeks ago. We brushed the field so we could get all that snow off of it, and, <laughs> and uh, it's been used every day since. Now we've got to blow a bunch of crumb rubber off the track back onto the field, but that's okay. Um, I know baseball tried to go maybe into their infield last week one day, um, but it's time. You know, we got to get everybody outside, and and uh, I've every morning when I take my walk, I hear birds chirping, and I know that we're just another day closer to that that beautiful weather. So. Um, it's coming. It's right around the corner. And we'll be looking forward to covering it and then some here on the podcast. Yeah. But that 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 is going to put a bow now on the winter sports season. This has been part two of the winter sports season finale. Joe, certainly appreciate the time. A lot of great stuff this winter sports yeah. season. Looking forward to more of it in the spring. Yeah, Jason, thank you so much. I enjoy these talks with you, and I can't wait to see you this spring. I look forward to it myself as well. That is Princeton Athletic Director Joe Roberts joining us for part two of the winter sports season finale of this week in Princeton Vikings Athletics here on vikenation.org and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.